I enjoyed working with the the two, there were two different coaches because the coach that they recently passed away, who was the coach of my junior year in high school, uh, was not the football coach after that, but was replaced by another football coach, and I liked them both. And when the second one has has been on the radio program. He was uh, an educator. He was a smart guy. He was involved in in the, the government of education in the state of North Carolina and the school boards and uh, was instrumental in working on the plans and helped bring about integration. And uh, he was a great guy, and I told him the night he came that we weren't, I could not call him mister. I could not call him doctor. I had to call him coach. He was always going to be a coach. And the one that died recently, a man named W. Initial W. D. McRoy, who was actually at Springmore when he passed away, um, was the coach when I was a junior. And both of these men had a great influence on my life. They taught me a lot. And the, the athletic director, who was over most of them, or at least one of them, the first one, uh, was even more effective. I, I, when we had to select our favorite teachers of all time, I selected him as my favorite teacher, a man named Clyde Whitener who was the athletic director. He didn't even, he had coached baseball and, in fact, had been a professional baseball player. I'm telling you my story. What I'm saying tonight is I would like for you to think about your favorite teacher, be it somebody who was the classical teacher, something that occurred in the classroom, or maybe your cross-country coach or, or uh, your volleyball coach or somebody who played another role in your life but who fulfilled the role of your favorite teacher. And I have uh, three or four or five. Uh, I know definitely who my favorite was if I had to rank number one. And I, I will tell you who that is a little bit later. But I want you to participate in this. I want to know if you are nostalgic. And if you do, you think back. Uh, I, Mrs. Kearney and I were at the supper table tonight, and we were seeing if we could name uh, the, our teachers. And she could. And I believe that I can. I, I, after about the eighth grade, I don't know who my homeroom teacher was in the ninth grade. Uh, uh, I think I know the tenth and the eleventh. The eleventh and no, the in the tenth grade, I know the eleventh and the twelfth. But in any event, these were very important people. I like to go to school, and a lot of people did not like to go to school, and I still like to go to school. In fact, my hobby is learning, and sometimes I find good teachers even now. But in any event, what we want to know tonight, on the other end of this phone, is you calling and saying, Tom, my favorite teacher was my third grade teacher because she taught me how to read or my multiplication tables or to be a better person. Some of mine was not literally the, the subjects, but uh, to be a better person. I used to have a really bad temper, and they worked on it. They didn't cure me of it, but they uh, came out better. But in any event, we want to know, I want to know your favorite teacher, the one that if you sat back in your brown chair like I do mine, or, or you're driving along the road and you're daydreaming and you're thinking about, I remember when I was in the first grade, my first grade teacher was Mrs. Green. I have no idea whatever happened to that lady, if she stayed in Goldsboro or if she went somewhere else. If she's listening, I, I would like for her to know that she taught me how to read. Actually, I sort of knew how to read, but she finished the job off. I was in the they they had reading groups. Number one reading group was the best one. Number two, number three, and I don't. I'm not bragging, but I was in the number one group with two girls. One of them, as far as I know, is still alive, and sadly, the other one died when she was about 55, which was 20 years ago. But uh, 
in any event, I remember them, and I remember Mrs. Green, and I remember that you had to raise your hand and say uh, uh, number one or number two, and you know what I'm talking about. Mrs. White was my third-grade teacher, and Miss Florence Faison was my third-grade teacher, and she she got the worst time you could possibly have because I was cutting up all the time and doing my assignments faster than I should have been, being a general nuisance. And I can see that now. But in any event, that's part of the story, and you can have that part of the story. you got to be honest about this stuff. So I want you to dial 919-860-9783. Let your mind roll back over the years to wherever. It could have been a college teacher. It could have been some person not connected to any institution. But my, my favorite teacher was my seventh grade teacher. I'm not going to tell you her name yet because I want to hear you, and I, and I want you to leave me dangling here in the wind. I want you to be brave and because almost everyone has one, a favorite teacher, somebody who had some effect on their life, who uh, maybe counseled them in some other quality or maybe taught them home ec or how to fix a car. Shop. Mark was a coach, and therefore taught through athletics. John, we don't have any callers yet, do we? I'll bet. Not at this time, Tom. Yes, okay. That, that leads me to again ask you: we we need the, the lights to come on on John Stoddard's deck, where he can put you on hold and he can connect you up, and we can have a conversation about your favorite teacher. Uh, that's what I'm nostalgic about tonight because I. I was sitting there, and I had found out that, that W.D. McRoy, uh, who was the football coach, uh, I can tell you a couple of stories about him. He used to call me occasionally because he was the supervisor of football referees in a good bit of the eastern part of North Carolina, and on Friday night he'd be driving home, and we'd be playing trivia, and he would call me occasionally just to let me know he was out there. And so that's good. That's, that, was, that was good. Uh, we didn't hang out a lot together after I went to school, but uh, he had his effect, as did his successor, Gene Cosby, and as did, he, as did the other coach. They've got three coaches here, Clyde Whitener, who taught me to be patient and to be cool. And by that I mean not to not to uh, get in an uproar if I could. I haven't totally succeeded, but the lesson is still there, and I want to hear your lesson. I'm giving you some examples. I guess I'm giving you my life story. And that's the reason. I mean, it's the story that I know about. I don't know about your story. And that's what I want to hear about. 919-860-9783. You can queue up. That is to say, line up while we're doing this. It's uh, September the 24th. Yes, our birthday, 96th birthday at WCTF was two days ago. It's a nostalgia night, which is my idea about how to... Uh, more callers in to talk about something that they're in, they're, that is interesting and that our audience may find interesting. And John Sauter, who is our producer, tells me that we've got a couple of callers and we would like for you to call 2-919-860-9783. And the first caller we're going to take tonight, I, I know he will have an idea of what a good teacher is because he were one. Riley, how are you tonight? Uh, Tom, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I heard your program and I... Thought I'd throw out, uh, since I was a Wake County school teacher, uh, the person that influenced me most, and it was very early in my education. Um, it was back in the third grade. Can you believe it? You can't start too early. Well, I was raised outside of Philadelphia in a um, 
small community called Drexel Hill, Upper Darby Township. And when I was in the third grade, they offered industrial arts to all of the students, boys and girls. And it was a blue collar community. And industrial arts was, the, you know, um, obviously something that, uh, you know, was important. Uh, but anyway, I uh, enjoyed the class and I volunteered to come in every day, uh, an hour early, I walked to school to set up the classroom for whatever was happening that day. Now, we only got to go twice a week. And um, the teacher, Mr. Potter, um, took a liking to me, and I would show up every day, and he'd tell me what they were going to do, and I'd set the classroom up, and uh, he'd inspect it, and then acknowledge it and send me on to class. Well, uh, <clears throat> many years later, I became a teacher in Wake County Schools, and besides teaching history and language arts, I was fortunate enough to have three years teaching industrial arts because I had enough hours to minor in that. And um, I, from time to time, uh, some of my former students stopped me and introduced their grandchildren to me and tell them what they made that they're still so proud of. And uh, unfortunately, all of that has been eliminated. And I think that in middle school, and the younger grades, creating something with your hands and the accomplishment that you do receive from that is all important. Keyboarding is great, but quite frankly, the, the joy that I've seen on students' faces when they've made simple things uh, was enough to give me a great deal of satisfaction. Well, as I, you know, I've I taught a little bit. Uh... Uh, taught at a military academy in Summit State while I was working on my degree, and I know what it's like. And uh, the the thing that, that struck me there is your teacher gave you the responsibility. You were in control of your destiny when you were fixing up that classroom, and here you were just in the third grade. And I had those kinds of experiences. I was telling our producer that I I learned uh, learned how to, the system worked, and and I enjoyed it because I I could play it a little bit, if you know what I mean. Well, I just thought I'd throw that out, and I know I've been on your show talking about antique automobiles, and uh, I was down in the shop here um, figuring out what we're going to do tomorrow because we keep our grandchildren uh, when they're tracked out of school, and uh, I've got a uh, 12-year-old grandson who is uh, very interested in hands-on learning, uh, particularly mechanical, and uh, I'm proud of that. And uh, his little sister, being seven years old, feels that she can do everything he can do. Um, and sometimes I have to put, uh, uh, you know, kind of a lasso around her because uh, they've learned how to bead blast and powder coat. And uh, next week we're going to get into welding. So uh, it's it's been a very interesting, uh, uh, you know, working with him. But he, um, I think he wants to be an engineer sometime. But knowing how to do something with your hands is extremely important. Uh, as I look around, uh, many of our neighbors are very intelligent, but they can't do a thing uh, for themselves. Everything has to be, you know. And I think that's a, a shame that the public schools have ignored that um, and made it such that if you don't go to college, you're nobody.
Well, I've read uh, recently that they think that even people who work with their brains, let's say like teachers or philosophers, can do it better if they know how to do something. Uh, One particular article, it was in an educational magazine, was about this guy in, in Richmond who's like a philosophy professor, but he works on motorcycles on the side. And uh, just the, the sense of accomplishment there and, and the involvement of his hand uh, means something to the way he proceeds about his job. I just want, before we go, the audience to know that you were a teacher and that you can take a part of a Model T and put it back together. And uh, uh, and, and that's, uh, you're a member of the Classic Car Club. I, I always get it wrong when I identify it, but that's a Yeah, we're, we're, we're a member of the triangle chapter of the antique automobile club of america and we still do the take apart key although the year 2020 has had no demonstrations no shows uh, as we all have found that 2020 is um uh one for the books i have suggested and uh uh don't get me wrong about this but various uh hate groups over the centuries have uh, had book burnings and all kinds of things to put down people and education. I propose that this year we have calendar burning so that 2020 just goes away. There will, there will be a line in the almanac there uh, uh, for records and everything. Well, I hope you get, even if it's a virtual thing, uh, an opportunity to take one apart and put it together this year. And Ronnie, I always... Uh, I never forget you. I don't call you up very much to be on the radio anymore, but uh, at the same time, I, I, I have not forgotten you, and I, I think about you when I, I imagine that I see a, a, a Model T chugging down the road. Chugging is, of course, I think what they did. But thank you for calling tonight. <laughs> You're welcome, Tom. Okay, Good take night. care. Hey, uh, uh, I think they can take a, the members of that club can take a, Model T, which is Henry Ford's first car, uh, apart and put it back together in something like 58 minutes. I should have found out, but it's unbelievably quick, and they've, they've done a lot of demonstrations, and Riley has been uh, an, an infrequent, but a guest on our program a number of times. And I've always been, I like to talk about cars, whatever their age. Another friend of ours who is a teacher, we can start with him, and uh, we can hold him over if, if, he, uh, if he wishes. Uh, uh, Anthony, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing fine, Tom. Hope you are. I am. I am. If, if I, somebody bet me that I wouldn't get any callers tonight, and I've already won the bet, you see. So, <clears throat> Well, I had a lot of good teachers in uh, high school. I went to a high school that was uh, grade 1 through 12, and then it became K through 12. Had a lot of good teachers at Campbell University, but... One of the most interesting people I had was at NC State. His name was George Baker III, and he taught uh, curriculum and development. And uh, he used to work at the Pentagon. And uh, he and Lyndon Johnson and two other guys would play bridge. And uh, it got to the point where uh, George had to go back to Vietnam in the late 60s, and he said, well, London, I'm sending this guy to you to be a bridge player. His name was Charles Robb. And, of course, Charles ended up and married one of uh, London's daughters. daughters right. So I thought that was very interesting. I'm putting up the sign that in basketball means time out now. So we've got a newscast that I must do. You know how radio works. 
Oh, yeah. You've been around it. So you hold on, and we'll come back, and I hope you have some other stories for us, and maybe some other people will join us. Anthony from Broadway is talking about being a school teacher. We'll be back after the news. Friday from 9 to 10, live and in real time. Tonight we're waxing nostalgic about your, your the audience, uh, because you're the, the, the interviewees tonight, your favorite, well, teachers. Uh, and uh, I was lounging in my chair, letting my mind roam back over events, and uh, remind, was reminded of about one of my favorite teachers who passed away just recently. And, and sometimes the, something like we're doing right now is the, the greatest reward some of those teachers get. Uh, Anthony, you uh, you said that the, the guy at State that you uh, influenced you was George, was it George Baker? Is that what you said? John, have we lost Anthony? I'm still here. Okay, who was it? George Baker? Yeah, George Baker the third. He um, before he went to State, he had uh, been in the Army. And as I said, uh, he worked at the Pentagon and played bridge with uh, Lyndon Johnson, who was the president in the 60s, and two other guys. And, of course, uh, whenever he got called back to Vietnam, that's when he said, hey, I got this little guy in the Navy. He'll come and see you, Charles Robb. He'll play uh, bridge with you. And, of course, turned out that uh, Charles married one of Lyndon's daughters. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you repeated that because we were – we were coming up on the half-hour news there. Yeah, he so, was um, He was the guy. I think he at one time he was a senator from Virginia, and also at one time he was the governor. So uh, he did a lot of stuff there, but uh, uh, that was kind of kind of interesting. Um, another person uh, was my principal uh, when I was in high school. Um, this guy was a great guy. Uh, he's still around, uh, Donald O'Quinn. And uh, there was one day I was in the library, minding my own business, and he called over the speaker and said, is Anthony there? And uh, the lady who was the head of the library, Ms. Drain, said, yeah, I said, send him down to the office. So this girl was sick, and he said, um, now you couldn't do this today, but he dropped the keys to the Mustang in my hand. And he said, I want you to take this girl home. So I did. And I uh, went back around by my house, and my aunt was there, and my grandmother at the time was still alive. And uh, she said, where's the school bus? I said, forget the school bus. I said, this is a 65 Mustang. <laughs> and uh, my grandmother didn't say, hey, hi, or nothing. She said, just don't wreck it. Okay. Well, that sounds like some of the things that happened to me. You know, you, that's what I meant. But if you, <clears throat> if you are a reasonably good student and trustworthy, uh, you can learn how to play the game, and I think you just there's just some evidence that uh, when he dropped the keys in your hand that that he you had learned how to play the game there. Uh, yeah, that was a great car. It was a five speed. I wish uh, they just don't make cars like that anymore. Uh, and that was that was the the premier year too. I think uh, sixty five was the sixty five or sixty four and a half or sixty five. Well. I'm going to run you off tonight because we, we, we need for you to come back tomorrow night when we have to I'm going to – I'll try to make it if the river doesn't get too high tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anthony. Anthony. Good to talk with you, Tom. Likewise, Anthony. Anthony, former yes, teacher from Broadway on our program tonight. On the subject, 
uh, you are invited to join us and tell us your favorite school teacher. Uh, I've already told you that well, probably my three favorite male teachers, uh, well, I need to put one more in there because these all, all three of those were coaches. One of them was the, the gentleman whose death recently inspired this because he had a great, great influence on me, uh, a man named W.D. McRoy. And uh, Gene Cosby, who succeeded him as the football coach in Goldsboro, did and, and Gene Coach Cosby had a great uh, influence on the, the education and uh, the educational system in North Carolina. Uh, my favorite was Clyde Widener, who taught me uh, really a lot of things about discipline and how to be patient. And my chemistry teacher, anybody who took chemistry and physics at Goldsboro High School, would remember. Excel. He had an unusual name, E X C E L Markham, and he was he, he taught the, the those subjects, physics and chemistry. I was in the college tract, and he taught them, and he was a lot of fun too. And he was just kind of uh, full of. Well, he didn't go out of his way making jokes, but he uh, he had a demeanor that uh, could crack you up pretty easily. So those are the males. But still, my favorite teacher of all was a female. Now, how about you, John? Do we have any callers? Tom, we have Candy from Raleigh. Okay. Candy has called 919-860-9783, and that's what you're supposed to do. Don't be bashful. Uh, wax nostalgic. Think back. Uh, who was your favorite teacher? Was it your first grade teacher? Mine was Mrs. Green, and her contribution was to my life was she uh, helped me learn how to read, which has been one of my favorite things all of my life. Mrs. White was my second grade teacher. And the thing I remember about her, she was nice. I really liked her. And she read the story Heidi to us, A-T-I-D-I. I found out there are people who do not know what Heidi is all about. Some of you know about the Heidi football game, but that's another story. And my third grade teacher was a woman named Florence Faison, and uh, she I was a, a pain for her. But uh, and she, she helped me through the hard times. But now we need to talk. I believe this is Candy. Candy, good evening. You're on WPTF. Hello. Hello. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Well, did you uh, did you have a good teacher somewhere? I've the had line? a I've had a couple of good teachers. One was my fourth grade teacher in a one room country school that had eight grades in one room, and she was very good. I used to like to listen to her when she taught the sixth grade. So I learned fourth grade things from her as well as sixth grade things from her. Well, that's good. Now, where was this? I'd like to know about things. Like it was that. in Kansas. In Kansas, uh, out on and, the prairie. Uh, sort of a little, a little. Well, uh, uh, in Kansas, but isn't on the prairie. I'm sorry. Right. It was uh, south of Kansas City a little bit. Okay. Well, you're over near Missouri then. Right. Right, so, in the eastern part. Uh -huh. Eastern part. Okay. And, and you said two teachers, I believe. And I had another teacher uh, when we lived in Ferguson, Missouri. My history teacher, a ninth grade history teacher, Miss Smith, and she gave me a love of history. And I took every history course all through high school and all through college. And uh, because of her, I majored in archaeology. Uh, did you ever work in archaeology? Do you? Work I never in had a paying job. I married and, and started a family. But I have done volunteer work in. Um, I did some digging in the Cahokia Mounds State Park uh, okay. along along the Mississippi River bef before it became a state park. 
and it, there's a there are wonderful exhibits there now. But I was a student and helped helped well, dig that's there. That's wonderful. Do you ever you you know who Agatha Christie is? Oh, definitely. But do you know that she her first marriage was to a man named Christie who was a, a colonel in the military, and it didn't last anyway. There's a fancy story about that. But the important thing is the second time she married, she married an archaeologist. And this, uh, some of her mysteries with Poirot take place in the Middle East and are concerned with archaeological digs and things in Egypt and, and Mesopotamia and the like. So I, I knew that. that. I knew that, but I didn't realize that uh, her husband was an archaeologist. Yep. She, his last name started with an M, and I can't. But she chose not to change her last name because she was so familiar as a writer as Agatha Christie. And, and that was her, her first husband's last name. But uh, she and her second husband had a long and happy marriage, and apparently she took part in the digs and really enjoyed it. Her her life is really an interesting story. Yeah. But uh, and there's a I was thinking there's an, a very important mound culture in the Midwest. Yes, that's 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 where we did the the digs, the Cahokia mounds. I'm trying to show off and let you know I know a little bit about everything. Well, good for you. <laughs> um, Archaeology is wonderful to to. Uh, read about as well as participate in. Right. And Ferguson, uh, it's, it's just kind of sad, but Ferguson has become a famous place, I think. Unfortunately, it has. Unfortunately, You're right. Well, I just, we'll just leave it at that. Well, that's wonderful. An archaeologist, well, I used to be a history teacher, uh, you know, straight up right out of the books history, but uh, I uh, ordered a history book today. I, I still, that's, that's my, my hobby. That's what I do. I have a, a history book that my uh, that Miss Smith gave me. Uh-huh. Um, our history, our our history uh, of the Civil War that we studied in the Midwest is not quite the same as the history of the Civil War that studied in the South. And when I was in Missouri and she was um, teaching the class, she gave me a history book that was published in Tennessee, and it was very different from what we studied. Right. Well, as I remember, I used to teach you about the Civil War, that Missouri was a place that was a little bit uh, mixed, uh, confused. There was there were yes. a lot of sides in, in Missouri. There, there was a lot going on there. That it, it was that was where Contour Raiders were. It was right. it was really a mess. That's right. And right, and, and I think Tennessee, in a way, could never quite decide whether they were in or out. Uh, That's right. Yes. So but this particular history book, they were they were. Definitely part of the Confederacy, but it was interesting. And as a young person, I, I, that really opened my eyes that uh, different people could look at the same events in different ways. Well, you sound like you really got the lesson. And, uh, uh, and uh, you could put her down as, if not your favorite teacher, she's she, certainly on the list. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us tonight. And uh, when I think about archaeologists now, I'll think about you, and I hope you'll join us again sometime. Thank you. I will. I listen often. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's Candy, who grew up in uh, in the Midwest, in Kansas, and in Missouri, or Missouri, depending on what part of the... I think Joe, Joe Newberry, who is from Missouri, said it's Missouri in the south and Missouri in the north. I believe I got that right. If it's not, somebody from the Show Me State will call me and straighten me out. Don, do we have any other callers right now? The mysterious John. John Sauter, where are you? Right here, Tom. I was answering a phone call. Okay, I'm sorry. Do we have another caller? Uh, yeah, your friend Bill from uh, Garner. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you want to take a break or not. Okay, let's see. You're right. Okay, now I understand. 
see what our audience doesn't understand is that John is the boss around here. And even when I get so interested in the conversation that I don't look at the clock, John does and has to. Bill lives in Garner, and he will be our next uh, next uh, client. I'm trying, I've lost my word now. But we need to take a break, as John says. John Sauter is our producer. He's here every night, Monday through Thursday, and we have a different producer on Friday night. And this week, the producer on Friday night will be producing trivia. We hope you'll tune in for that. Bill, we'll be back for you just right after this. Here we're at uh, 98.5 and uh, AM 680, 50,000 watts on the AM side, and 96 years old, and we're talking to Bill. Bill, I'm going to do something that that I should be embarrassed to do, but what is your last name? McClure. McClure? Yes. I'm going to remember that. I'm... I'm uh, have a, a, a word, a memory blockage, but it's mostly just for names. And they're not actually gone. They're in there somewhere, but sometimes it takes longer to find them than it used to. Absolutely. So, I understand that one. And how are you tonight, and do you have a favorite school teacher story that you're Yes, I about? do, Tom. Uh, I, first of all, I thought about the wonderful education that I received at the Governor Moorhead School. Uh, it wasn't always fun uh, because at the age of six, I left home and lived on campus, even though we lived down in Johnston County, so we didn't live but 40 miles or so away from Raleigh, and I was able to go home every weekend. But I, I think I was more frightened by being left by my parents than I have ever been in my life. Okay, so we learned... stop there for a moment because I... I have to be aware of my audience. This is my job. Yeah. Uh, here is number one, and I know you, this is this is kosher. Yeah. You you are sight handicapped, and you attended the Governor Moorhead School for for the people that don't know that is the school for. Was it just the blind or the, or, or more the, inclusive? The Ash Avenue campus, which right. I attended, right, was just uh, for blind students. Right, and when the, you uh, say. The, the Garner Road campus right. had both blind and deaf on right. that campus. When you say, see, I, I get into conversations usually, and when you say you were fearful, and here's a little six-year-old boy who, well, you, it's pretty clear to me that one could be frightened in that, and so I, I believe you. Yes. Not, not that I wouldn't believe you. After I had an excellent education at the school, was a student there for 13 years. Then I went to Campbell College, which is now Campbell University. I have the distinct privilege of being the first person who's totally blind to have earned a degree from Campbell since it became a four-year school. And my favorite teacher of all the teachers I ever had was Dr. Paul Yoder, who was the chairman of the music department at Campbell, later becoming chairman of the Division of Fine Arts, which included the departments of music, art, and drama. He took an interest in me, took me where I was, and aimed me toward where I needed to be. And hopefully I'm still, at 71, still headed in that direction, Tom, because so many people have, have steered me you know, since that time. But he was 
he was just he was like a second father to me for 24 years. Well, that's what happens. You, you, uh, I didn't say about those coaches, and I don't know if anyone. I wouldn't say it without their permission, but I felt very like a lot of them and, and other teachers were parental, particularly, and yes. the males were fatherly, and the the ladies. Well, my favorite teacher of all time was a person who had been a friend of my mother's when they were children, and uh, she knew that she could do anything to me she wanted to, and nothing. You, you understand? Yes, absolutely. If I if I goofed off, I was in the seventh grade, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when your hormones start running around. Oh, yes. and, and she she could have slapped me up, which she didn't, but she could have, and nothing would have happened to her. But uh, I. Tomorrow night will be trivia night, and I hope you will join us then.